Hello, everybody, and welcome to Star Talk, a podcast presented by the Aniston Star. I'm Philip Tudor, a columnist here at the newspaper, and I'll be joined today by Christopher Butcher, the superintendent of the Birmingham Civil Rights National Monument and the Freedom Riders National Monument here in Aniston. I'm thrilled to have Chris on this edition of Star Talk because it's Mother's Day weekend and it's the 59th anniversary of the Freedom Riders bus burning incident that happened in Aniston on May 14, 1961. The Obama administration, just before President Obama left office, named these sites official national monuments. So it's a perfect time to catch up with Chris, talk about the renovation of these locations, and what the National Park Service has in store for Aniston. I think you'll really enjoy getting to know Chris. Here's our interview. Welcome, Mr. Butcher. I appreciate you being on Star Talk with us this morning. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, let's get some of the easy stuff out of the way. Um, you're new to Alabama and certainly to the Anniston area to a certain degree. Why don't you kind of fill us in on what your role at the National Park Service is in Birmingham and Anniston? Yeah, I'd be happy to. So I um, was selected as the superintendent of Freedom Riders and Birmingham Civil Rights uh, National Monuments. Uh, I, I arrived kind of on, you know, in the, in the field, I guess, uh, in November of last year, so uh, six or seven months, give or take. And as the superintendent, and there were there were about four acting superintendents prior to me that did you know a lot of great work and really built a solid foundation for us to uh, to build upon. But it's always challenging when you've got a an acting. They're they're here for a short time and they build relationships and get things going, and you got to kind of take take three steps back to to start over. And so. I'm the permanent superintendent. I plan on being here for the foreseeable future to, to scale up operations and really build something that the, the community and we can all be proud of. But as the superintendent, my my job is to really be responsible for all the operations in the National Monument. So when you visit a national park, um, you know the, the big ones from Yellowstone, Yosemite, um, all the way to some of the smaller ones or newer ones, um, from the, the Flat Hat Rangers and the Green and Gray to um, visitor safety and protection, law enforcement, obviously protecting the resources, um, all of those things that you expect, um, you know, maintaining bathrooms and all that stuff um, is ultimately the responsibility of the superintendent. Now, you know, obviously, I, you know, I can't do it all myself, and so you know, we're working on hiring a staff and a team uh, that can that can help us accomplish that. How long have you been with the National Park Service? Yeah, so um, I got to the National Park Service in 2017, uh, but I've been in federal service uh, for 15 years. And so I started out uh, in the U.S. Forest Service in uh, Nelsonville, Ohio in 2005, um, and then came uh, to the National Park Service, though, in 2017 at the Chesapeake and Ohio Canal National Historical Park in Hagerstown, Maryland. So when the Aniston site is up and running after the pandemic, or at least is allowing visitors when the pandemic is over and and the shutdown is over, if someone comes down there and visits, you're going to be in uniform in wearing one of the National Park Service hats, correct? Yeah, so I, I'm in uniform almost every day. Okay. Um, but I, um, again, bounce back and forth between uh, Freedom Riders and Aniston and Birmingham uh, Civil Rights National Monument, obviously, in okay. Birmingham. 
And so, um, but but yes, our, our goal is to ultimately have park rangers and staff. Sometimes they'll be volunteers, so they may not be in the uh, you know in the flat hat that you're used to, but they will be easily identifiable and, and be able to interact with a volunteer. Again, it's all resource constrained, and and as we're especially as we're kind of recovering from uh, this pandemic and trying to kind of adapt to the new normal, whatever that is. Um, you know, we'll obviously make whatever changes and adaptations that we need to to ensure that the employees are safe and that the public is safe as well. But yes, as we as we kind of scale up operations and begin to um, offer more programs and opportunities for the public to interact uh, and engage with the site, our, our hope is that yes, people will be able to come to the site and have that one on one connection uh, with a, a volunteer or, or, or a, a permanent ranger. You're, if I understand you correctly, you're from Ohio, but had you ever been to Anniston or this part of Alabama before you got this assignment? So I've been to Alabama before uh, two or three times. I've been to kind of down down 65 and through Birmingham and Montgomery, and then uh, I've been to Mobile, but I'd never been to Anniston before, so it was, it was quite a treat to be able to pull in into the city uh, for the first time. Uh, hey. What, six, six months ago. Has anything surprised you? I mean, Anniston is, um, it has a lot of great things about it, and it has some quirky things about it. Has anything surprised you in the t- short time you've been around us? You know, not really. Um, I'm, I'm a small-town kid at heart, um, and, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a college town in, in rural Ohio. Um, it's about 20,000, 30,000 people with, with a, uh, a, a university with another 20,000 people. And then it's surrounded by kind of agriculture and, and remnants of industry. And so it, it honestly kind of felt like pulling them into my hometown in a lot of ways. You know, the people were exceedingly friendly and um, very proud of their community. So, no, I don't think it surprised me at all. It honestly just it kind of felt like being around, uh, around folks in my hometown. Well, that's great to hear. We don't hear, you know, a lot of times in, uh, in my line of work at the newspaper we hear uh, only the negative or the people when they're complaining about things or when politics get kind of kind of weird and it's good to hear the positive uh, from time to time too um, let's talk about mother's day weekend uh, some of our listeners may hear this podcast after the holiday but the main reason why i wanted to have to have you on is because of the kind of the obvious timing of the uh this weekend being mother's day and it's the i think it's the 59th anniversary of the uh, Freedom Riders bus burning that happened on Mother's Day of 1961 here in Anniston. And obviously the pandemic and the shutdown has meant that people can't visit your site on the the interior, certainly. Uh, But what do you envision the site being on this weekend every year once it is fully developed and people can visit? Yeah, so... You're absolutely right. It's the 59th um, anniversary of of the, the bus bombing uh, in in Anniston, um, and you know I, I think it's really easy for for all of us. You know, I, I think I was guilty of it too before before I came into this position. Is we we tend to think of a, a lot of these dates and a lot of these events in, in their own silo. Um, you know what happened in Anniston and what happened in Birmingham are, are intimately connected. Um, that happened on the same day to you know the same kind of you know the same group of, of folks that were working together, um, but we oftentimes tell the story kind of separately, and I think in some ways it it um, reduces our our understanding of just the gravity uh, and, and how immensely um, you know 
sacrifice the undertaking was. You know, their their journey started in Washington, D.C., and the ultimate goal was to end in New Orleans, um, you know, on the anniversary of the, the Brown v. Board um, decision. And so I think this year, um, you know, we, we, we reached out to other folks in Alabama, um, you know, the, the Freedom Rides Museum down there in Dorothy Walker, and working with Pete Conroy at JSU, and mm-hmm. we, we reached out to the, the Civil Rights Institute in Birmingham and some other folks, and, and you know, when, when we talk to a lot of the Freedom Riders, the one thing that they, they tell us a lot is that it's, it's a larger story than just Aniston. Right. Mm-hmm. What happened to Aniston is hugely significant and it's hugely important and impactful, not only for the city, but for the larger story. But I think in a lot of ways, when we start connecting all of these stories together, it makes them that much more inspiring and, and, and really just um, almost unbelievable to think that, that people would stare down and face this kind of violence and aggression over and over and over and repeatedly um, and not return that aggression with violence of their own. And so our, our goal then this year is, is because of the um, pandemic, we've had to kind of go virtual like everyone has. And so right. we still have, we still have um, some things planned, um, some, you know, some, some interactive um, opportunities that we're, we're, we're planning on announcing here in the next couple of days. We're working on a, a collaborative um, film that we hope to, to be able to announce here in the next day or two. But, but our goal, too, is, is to really look at the, the 60th, um, and, and hopefully we're, we're past the pandemic, and again, we can kind of be at least closer. <laughs> right, you know? right. Um, and, and, and really kind of be able to, to celebrate and honor these heroes, uh, that many of them are still with us. Um, in, in, in person, and so um, our, you know, again, we the, the folks that we're working together with this year, we want to continue that effort and, and continue um, those those the coordination and collaboration as we look towards the 60th and really kind of try to celebrate the entire year because it is such a large story that it is so intertwined and, and so connected to many of the other stories that that we tell with, uh, about the civil rights. Sure, that, that's exactly right. I think it's important to point out to people who, um, they may know the story, but they may not know all of the details. And that I think it's important to point out that, that there are multiple sites within the National Monument here in Anniston. Uh, the, you know, the, the bus station on Gurnee, and then out on Alabama 202, just outside the city limits where the actual bus burning itself happened. Can you kind of give us an update on the physical state of those two locations? Uh, I know you and I have talked in, uh, previously about funding and so forth, but where does, where does the renovation and the creation of visitor centers and so forth, where does that stand? Yeah, so we're, we're in the very early stages. You know, we're three years into the establishment of the presidential proclamation that established the, the National Monument. But unfortunately, in government times, that's you know, kind of a, a blink of an eye. And so, you know, we're still um, trying to kind of formulate the plans that are needed to make sure that we have addressed all of the, the issues and concerns that come with anything and anytime you open to the public, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, the safety of, of visitors and the safety of staff and how are we able to protect the resource, um, and, and so we're, we're developing those plans. Our ultimate goal is to rehabilitate and restore the bus depot to that kind of that moment in time, right? Mother's Day 
1961, so that people can really try to, you know, put themselves in in the shoes of the Freedom Riders, right? Mm-hmm. I think is, you know, one of the things that I find is as I try to talk to young people about um, what's, you know, the, the stories of the Civil Rights Movement and segregation and understanding those things, um, many of them kind of don't even believe that it was as bad as, as you know, you tell them that it was. Right. And in some ways, that, that's great, right? In some mm-hmm. ways, it's like, oh my gosh, we're, we're making progress. But I think, you know, the old adage of those who are ignorant of the past are, are destined to repeat it comes to play. And so we want to make sure that people can really immerse themselves in that time period so that when we try to tell those stories, they can really connect connect and, and be impacted and influenced um, when they when they leave this place. I mean, you're, so, I mean you're, let me stop you for just a second there, Chris, yeah. because I, I totally agree that it's, I think even for people who have, maybe who have even been born in Amistad and lived their entire life here, it's still, depending on their age, it's still hard for them to imagine something like that, you know, of a white mob attacking a bus uh, of of black and white riders in the middle of a Sunday afternoon in, in the city. I think there's there are people who just cannot imagine that that happened. They know it happened, but it's hard for them to understand. No, you're absolutely right. And again, that's great, right? That's that's the world we all want to live in, where, where, where prejudice and, and segregation are, are so inconceivable that, that there's no way that this could happen. And, and scarily enough, happen within the lifetime of many of those that we love. Sure. Right? Sure. I mean, we're talking about, you know, less than 60 years ago. Right. You know, this happened, and, and you, you know, and then Birmingham, the, you know, in 63, and then the Selma Montgomery in 65. I mean, this isn't 150 years ago or 200 years ago. This is relatively recent history, and, and it is a testament to the communities, right, of, of Aniston, Birmingham, and, and throughout the South that, that have overcome really, really terrible and tragic past and history and, 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 and moved past that and, 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 and tried to repair the damage that, that comes from that. But we still have a long way to go, and I think the, the lessons of the past are so important and so influential in how we move forward and how we, we make sure that we keep making progress but also don't repeat you know, the, those, those, terrible, those terrible things that we did in, in our history. Absolutely. Let me be specific for a second on the Gurney Avenue site, the, the former bus depot. Outdoors, people can go and visit the interpretive mural that is in the alleyway. Is that correct? That is correct, yeah. The city was, was gracious enough to close the alley because it was still a, a public right. um, you know, right-of-way, so you, know, you could drive cars down it, which makes looking at the mural much more challenging. And so the city was gracious enough to close the alley there. So yes, you can still go to the mural. There are interpretive panels there that mm-hmm. kind of try to tell the story of what happened. Um, the um, one of our partners has put together a solar audio post hmm. that has recordings of Freedom Riders telling the story. And oh so, wow! Again, yeah, we were hoping to have that in place, obviously before um, you know next week. But you know, every, everything has changed, and so um, <laughs> but that will be that will be going in very soon. Oh, so right. that'll give give people another opportunity um, to, to kind of engage and interact and learn. So yeah, so right now that's really kind of our primary um, opportunity to, to engage with the site. 
Um, we do have a permanent uh, park ranger there. Um, okay. His name is Anthony Bates, and he has been in the in the front lines, you know, doing doing great work um, for about a year now. And um, for between both sites, actually, right now it's just he and I. There, there are two of us at both park sites, and hmm. um, you know, he doesn't even have an office yet. So again, we're still trying to scale up. Um, everything that we're doing, and, and he's been working really, really hard to put things together. Um, the Calhoun County Chamber of Commerce is graciously um, kind of serving as our, our interim and de facto visitor center. So you can go there and get your passport stamps, and you can, you know, they have brochures there, and they have information. And so they've been, they've been wonderful partners, as well as the city, and obviously, you know, Representative Boyd. And, and um, you know, there's just so many people, the Conservancy, the National Park Foundation, you know, so many people are invested in, and actively working to ensure the success of this site. And the eventual goal on the Gurney Avenue site is for the interior of the depot to be um, revitalized, renovated, and returned, (laughs) if I can use enough words with the RE prefix to, (laughs) uh, to where it looks like 1961 again, correct? Yes, that's our ultimate goal. Um, You know, it's... uh, when I got here, there was there were still some things that needed to be done just to make it safe to go into. Right. Um, we, we this winter we actually re- repaired the roof and, and patched some leaks um, and, and replaced some of the ceiling tiles. We got some of the you know some of the stuff in there that had been used for, for storage and cleared that out. The the one kind of remaining hurdle for us is to make sure that um, there's no danger with asbestos or mold or, or lead paint or anything like that. So until we can get the funding to actually restore it. Again, you know, mm-hmm. our goal is yeah, to make it look like it did back in um, in nineteen sixty one on that on that day. But in the in the interim, um, it's it's really remarkable that there are still so many remnants of what it was back in nineteen sixty one. You mm-hmm. know, you can still see on the floor where there where the walls were that segregated the, the colored section from the white section and wow. where the white bathroom was. Yeah, and so there's still a lot of opportunity to to understand and, and get a lot of context. And so we want to get to a point where we can regularly be at, be at once a week, once a month, once a quarter, at least, you know, provide some, some opportunities for folks to come in and experience that in the short term. Um, but we're still probably, you know, several years away from being able to have the, the bus depot fully restored to how we like it. You know, nope. you know anytime you try to restore uh, a building, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. And a lot of resources, and, and I think we'll get there absolutely, but it just takes time. Sure, sure. And so, what is out on Alabama two hundred two where the bus was burned? What is the status of that site? What is there now, and what would you like to have there in the future? Yeah, so um, the status of it now is it's you know it's it's a national it's part of the monument. Um, it is it is open to the public. Um, there's there's a historic marker there that kind of talks about what happened. Um, but that's really about it. And, and for us, the, the challenge is just making it safe for mm-hmm. the public to right. to interact with that site. You know, there's kind of a steep drop off there. Mm-hmm. There's no real good parking. There are there are people who live there, right? Their right. homes are there, and so we, we don't want to neg- we want to be good neighbors, and we don't want to negatively interact and interfere with with their day to day lives. And so we're in the very early stages of developing what we call a general management plan. Um, which is essentially just a, a, a document that kind of outlines our ultimate goals for the monument. And one of those things is to kind of develop a site plan, uh, you know, a plan-to-plan mm-hmm. plan 
um, for for that site. And so, um, again, we want to specifically make sure that we protect that the resource there and, and the, the landscape and, and you know, be able to interpret that effectively so we can tell the story of what happened there. Um, but also make sure that, obviously, it's safe for people to get there and to leave there and to move around the site. Um, and so we're, we're still not there yet, and, and it's not really something that um, you know, we want to funnel thousands of people to. Yeah, but it is open. You can go there and, and visit it, but obviously we just have to be, be respectful and, and be a good neighbor while, and be patient with us as we, as we work to, uh, to build that out. Sure, absolutely. Um, Chris, let's kind of look into our crystal ball for a second. And let's, you know, five years, maybe ten years down the road, uh, assuming the funding that you need comes through, that the renovation happens on, on schedule once you have the funding, can you kind of characterize what type of impact these sites in Anniston may have for us here? I mean, once you can have as many visitors as you can handle and it's fully operational, what can we ex- do? You, do you have an idea of what we can expect long term? Well, yeah, I mean, I think the economic impact and in, in, in any tourism brings, you know, is, is, is huge. Um, I think. I don't know the exact count um, nationally, but you know there is there is a dollar figure that we use. You know when, when we say each visitor brings in you know x number of dollars um, per visit, but I, I think you know thousands of visitors should be expected to come you know to Aniston that maybe wouldn't normally um, come. I think there's absolutely you know uh, an appeal and a draw when you see the National Park Service Arrowhead somewhere. And there, there are a lot of people, you know, who have their national passport mm-hmm. books and they want to get a stamp at every site. And, sure, and sure. Those, those people, you know, want to stay at, they need to stay at hotels and they need to eat at restaurants, they need to get gas and, you know, they need to make trips to the store and, and you know, buy things that they forgot to bring and, and what have you. Um, and so absolutely, you know, I, I think a huge benefit of having a national uh, monument or national park site uh, you know, the primary purpose and goal is, again, to preserve the history so we can, you know, tell that story for future generations. Right. Absolutely. Sure. But a, 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 an important impact for any community is the economic stimulus that comes from those visitations and those visitors. And, we would have, and we've seen nationally, right, the, uh, an increase in the interest in the civil rights story. I think all, of, all across the country, and especially in the South, there's an increase um, desire for folks to engage with that story. Um, you know, I think you, you know, we see Montgomery, you know, with with the memorial and the museum um, that, that talks about really difficult topics and stories about lynching and, and just humanity. Um, and, you know, you have to get a timed entry ticket to go into that, um, that those sites but just in order to manage the interest um, and, and I don't know that we'll get there, and I don't know that, that, that that's realistic, but I, I think that shows that there's an absolute interest nationwide mm-hmm. um, for, for folks to engage with these stories. And it's such a powerful, powerful story for these heroes right, right, right. who are facing down unbelievable violence uh, and aggression and hatred, and they did it in, non, in a nonviolent way. Sure. It's, it's just so touching and uh, impactful. And uh, yeah, I would I would expect there to be a significant economic impact uh, in the community once we're we're fully operational. You know, Chris, one of the big things besides the National Monument that you work at uh, that's happened in Anniston 
in the last period of time, you know, short period of time, I guess, is the the beginning of the construction on the national on the new federal courthouse uh, just down the street there on Gurney from where you're located. You know, the mayor Draper uh, he has said repeatedly that he considers it a literally just a, a massive addition, uh, an investment in downtown. I think it's forty three million dollars that the federal government is spending on that site. That's very close to where your National Monument is. Can you, do you assume that's going to have a positive impact on the National Monument? Is there a synergy between those two construction sites? Yeah, so um, I'll answer that in a couple ways. You know, obviously, it's definitely a big impact. Um, you know, what the National Park Service is, is trying to do is kind of a, be able to take a snapshot of a moment in time. And so adding, you know, a brand new construction doesn't exactly make that easy for us to do. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, but I can tell you honestly, though, GSA, um, you know, the Department of Justice, all of the judges, the, the U.S. Marshal Service, everyone has been unbelievably welcoming and inclusive and understanding of what the Park Service is trying to do in that mission and finding opportunities for us to work together to minimize any impact to the, the cultural landscape and the view and, and people's ability to engage with our site as well as meeting all the needs and, and the requirements of, of that new of that new site. Um, they've brought us in you know, to consult with um, kind of the layout and maybe you know, providing some green space between mm-hmm. the, the, the street corner and the building and, right. and some you know and some trees and maybe obscure some of that. We've talked about and again been consulted with some of the interpretation and some of the waysides and exhibits both externally and internally. So they've been an amazing partner and unbelievably um, welcoming for us to be part of the process and, and, and understanding, again, we all want to be really great neighbors and, and, and do what we can to be um, good, part, good members of the community. With this being Mother's Day weekend, obviously you had mentioned a second, a few minutes ago about wanting to, to honor these heroes of the civil rights movement every day, all the time, and not just on, on the anniversary. But is it safe to assume, Chris, that that Anniston would be a really good place because of the National Monument um, once you're funded and renovated? That that there could be a Mother's Day anniversary event with the surrounding the Freedom Riders location every year on this weekend. Ideally, yes. You know, I think that I think there's a a, a big desire for that um, for a lot of us. Right? Anniversaries right. are important. Sure. Because, like you said. We want to live every day in remembrance of all of the, the heroes that provided us the opportunity and sacrifice so that we can live the way that we live, right? From our, our soldiers and to, to you know, the, the foot soldiers. I mean, every, you know, all of our historical figures, um, everybody who has sacrificed and given of themselves and of their resources to, to get us to where we are, we want to honor that. But that's why, and that's why anniversaries are important. And so we'd actually... Um, plan to have an event uh, on Gurney this year, okay. but again, you know, we want to be, um, you know, put everyone's health at, at sure. foremost. So we, we canceled that. But yes, we are. We're working really diligently to plan um, next year in the 60th and moving forward. We absolutely want to provide, um, you know, an opportunity for an event. Um, you know, moving forward. Now, you know, does, does that mean every year we're going to have a big kind of street event? I don't. I don't know. You know, okay. I think. You know, we want to be really intentional and provide opportunities. We don't want to have a party just for the sake of having a party, I guess sure, is the way to sure, put it. Sure. You know, we want it to be um, an opportunity for folks to really 
remember and, and be contemplative and, and really be challenged, right? Mm-hmm. Because again, I think all of us, you know, for me, one of the most powerful lessons that I get from the, the Freedom Riders is that I am obligated to face injustice when I see it. Hmm. Because if I don't, just simply standing by and, and watching it happen right. is condoning it and allowing it to happen. And so, um, you know, I think for those lessons, being able to teach that to, to you know, larger and larger groups of people, and especially young people, as they're, you know, transitioning into adulthood and their, their role in, in shaping our society, it's really important for those lessons to be learned. And um, so those, those are really what we at the Park Service want to provide is opportunities for folks to connect and learn and, 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 and feel a, a passion about their history so that they can make their world better for the rest of their lives. You know, it, I don't know how you can go to Gurney and, and hear the story of the Freedom Riders and ever be the same. And that's what we're really trying to do. And, hmm. and, and events are a big part of that and, and celebrations are a big part of that in terms of, you know, honoring those heroes. Mm-hmm. But the, the primary purpose is really changing lives and, and, and challenging people to make their world a better place. Wow. Well, that's that's a wonderful explanation. I appreciate you offer, giving that to us, Chris. That's um, certainly a wonderful message to have on this weekend. And uh, uh, I think Aniston is, is set up very well uh, with the National Monument and people like you here to ho- hopefully shepherd us through this process and Hopefully the funding will come through and we'll see this project uh, to its finality. So thank you for being on the podcast. This has been great. And um, I'm, hopefully I can have you on again uh, maybe this time next year. I, I would be honored. It's, it's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Star Talk, which is available wherever you normally get your podcasts, such as iTunes and other locations. I certainly want to thank Chris Butcher from the National Park Service for being our guest today. And I'd be remiss if I didn't remind you that we've had several standout guests on Star Talk in recent weeks, especially Taz Jones, this year's valedictorian at Anniston High School. Make sure you go back and check out that episode, too. We thank our subscribers, and if you'd like to subscribe to The Star, it's easy. Just go to AnnistonStar.com slash subscribe. The Star can also be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Anderson Star. This is Philip Tudor. Thanks for listening.